is not an efficient use of my time. I want to play video games. 48 minutes of dog barking. 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 Growl. Growl. 48 minutes of dog barking. 48 minutes of dog barking. I'm so fucking unprepared today. Today has been a weird, weird day. I told you earlier that I had started a Substack. Yeah. I wrote up a quick little thing about our St. Louis radio station, KDHX, Uh and all the trouble they're going through. And all the problems are happening, and I kind of went back, okay, well, you know, this really started in, you know, 2013 or whatever. And then people started like, oh, well, and then... Look at you. And then... Going viral. And and, and then I also had just like a, a busy work day, and just all these things just started to pile up. I had to take... You know, my kids are off school, so I had to take my daughter and her friend to this ceramics class that they're doing, and... And then I had to hurry home and, and get dinner ready and the usual stuff that I'm just like sitting there plugging away and making all these like links and stuff. And just so I'm trying to fucking so I like like I like how I always pretty much do everything. I'm about like a year late. Yeah. Shit posting with a AI ge- image gemer- generator. Oh, my God. Yes. All day you've been sending me stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of it centers around Drake. <laughs> Drake, Drake, um, attacking the Imperial Japanese forces. Yes, uh, oh. leading the charge. Apparently, um, Drake having a heartfelt, close conversation right. with Osama bin Laden in the vintage file f- photograph. Um, Drake um, sitting on a curb in the French Quarter of New Orleans with a bottle of Hennessy in his hand and a like ball pickle jar oh, and the man. other with some Hennessy in it next to a horse is crying some black liquid. <laughs> um, this is the stuff I'm throwing off the top of my head. Uh, I, I found out that I probably caused certain phrases or certain things to get banned mm. because I was able to do a lot of stuff. And I wish I had saved the images of like, Drake praying towards Mecca oh, at ground no. zero. Oh no! Which is how I got the image of Drake praying with his his hands, uh, his palms facing his his face. Yeah, with the twin towers burning in the background. Oh my god! Which is just like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. And, uh, Drake eating sushi in a in, uh, in a work camp, which created a lot of really interesting images. But the one that got me was one of Drake obviously dresses some sort of German uh, officer eating sushi. There's so many of these. I, I really you had the Pope. The Pope <laughs> ones are really upsetting. <laughs> the one that really upset me was I entered a prompt for Pope at the Michael Brown Memorial in Ferguson, Missouri in 2014. Oh. Oh. Realistic and mournful or something. I add some sort of adjectives to it. And one of the images I got has the Pope in the center of the frame (laughs) with a bunch of, like, uh, black men 
in uh, like workman's clothes. Like these are yeah. very like blue collar outfits, bowing down <laughs> at like prostate uh, proselytizing is the word maybe Pro- prostate. Yeah, you, you got it right. Proselytizing, and there is a sign mm-hmm. over the Pope, and this looks like a contemporary Pope here. Mm-hmm. There's a sign over the Pope, and the words are probably mar- jarbled, but it says the Pope Mike Brown Memorial. And it's supposed to be 2017 on the yeah. top of this sign. And then the bottom, it looks like German. Which, <laughs> And then and behind all of this, oh. you have a line of police officers that look like the kind you would see during the bus boycotts yeah. in the 60s. Yeah, the Bull um, Connor types. Yeah. And they have these things that look somewhere between a baton and a rifle. Yeah, uh, like the a gun ch- truncheon combo. <laughs> yeah. And then behind that, you see an image... It very much looks like something I saw in Ferguson with lots of signs, shoulder to shoulder people. There's a building in the far back, far yeah. left background that yeah. looks like like Sam's Meat Market. A I was going to say, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, familiar. Know, you've got that kind of red brick building on the right side. It looks like a lot of buildings kind of like on West Florissant or mm-hmm. like quote unquote downtown Florissant. Right. So what really got to me about this was I felt like this said a lot about what sort of images. Mm-hmm. This is trained on. Because I really thought if I started doing stuff like putting, like, well, I photographed Ferguson. Yeah. I've seen a lot of Ferguson photographs. I wonder if I would start seeing things that looks like images. That you've seen or shot. And so this implies there's a lot of, like, fascist photos. Because <laughs> this looks like a, this is a very fascistic. Yeah, it's very bizarre. And then, you know, um, I have, I probably spent a better part of a half hour throwing in the chat GBT. That's a Mike Ditka <laughs> praying at a... At a... It's supposed to be John Madden. Okay. John Madden praying towards Mecca at a food court at a shopping mall. It looks like he's at a Burger King instead. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Brian has been sending me all day fucking Drake in like army fatigues <laughs> eating Chinese, Chinese food. food. <laughs> Courtside, the NBA. I think this is my maybe my favorite ones because the prompt was supposed to be Drake eating Chinese food uh-huh. of a toilet, <laughs> but instead he's seated on a toilet. He's seated on a toilet suit. with like a. It looks like the people that like work at the Chinese restaurant. And they're like ashamed, and he's got this giant dish. This bowl full of Chinese noodles. And he's thrown his head back in anguish. And he's like laughing like he's having the greatest time of his life. Oh, see, I read it as like anguish. <laughs> it could be both. It's a little ambiguous, but his feet, there's just a giant pile of lo mein mm-hmm. and like empty containers. Oh, God. Keep going. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, uh, here's him eating directly, <laughs> eating, eating some, some noodles directly out, out of the, the toilet. toilet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's one of him uh, praying towards Becca at Ground Zero oh, no. with the Twin Towers uh, burning, um, burning in the behind him. Jesus that prop Christ. quickly got burned. Yeah. Um, here's Drake shaking hands with a homeless man with the St. Louis Arch yeah. in the background. So seemingly in the middle of the city. Right. Uh, doing oh, what our, our mayor won't. Oh. I also sent you Drake eating ramen outside of a gas station in Brooklyn with really big shoes really, on. Really big Tims Cause, on. Cause the Tims keep reappearing <laughs> in these these scenarios. Oh, man. Also. Uh, oh, God. Osama Bin Laden and Osama Goku. Osama Bin and Goku praying on the mountaintop. And oh. it's also Golden Hour and, and, uh, and Solemn. <laughs> 
<laughs> so so AI shit posting really did get a couple of different shots on the arm this week. One of which was, of course, Bing Chat. This is where a lot of these are coming oh, from. Yes. These, these are Brian, the- Bing Chat was one, and then the other one was Facebook in their Messenger app included AI stickers. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about this. Uh, here's. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, there's the the crucifixion of Kermit the Frog, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Presiding over a newly Islamic United States of America. Let's see here. We've got Asuka and a, a very uh, vague Baron kid. Trump. <laughs> oh, yeah, in the White House. <laughs> With what looks like a Giver in the background. It's not even like a... It's not even Ava. Waluigi Rifle. Child Soldier. <laughs> Karl Marx. Large Breasts. LAUGHTER I don't like how that turns up uh, an Angry Bird sticker on the normal stickers. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. know about that. Justin Trudeau buttocks. My favorite one is this one where it's just a pair of uh, ass cheeks with a pair of sunglasses on. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> Ted Cruz loves peen gives this sticker of Ted Cruz's head on, on the head of a penis. Uh, you got <laughs> Elon Musk wet t-shirt contest. That's upsetting. And it is Elon Musk uh, emerging from a pool of water. Did you see him going down to the border and like staring at the 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 migrants in the <sighs> internment camp? Yeah, that was. Very I, and, bizarre. Like, I, I, I heard the video of it's really insulting and upsetting for a lot of different reasons. But I'm just imagining you sitting there just going, "Oh, this is this is what what happens when you don't learn how to code." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's wearing a cowboy hat and he's wearing it backwards. That's well, a big like one. Shit. Yeah, he does not the look the most good. divorced man in the world. Ed Zitron, of course, had had the best take. Grimes, I'm, I've been watching Unforgiven. Uh, <laughs> Grimes. Grimes, you can't Grimes. see the children. I'm, I'm, he's going to be a family court guy within like a month. <laughs> Grimes, you, you, can't, you can't see the children because I am teaching them how to code a Ruby <laughs> and Python. Right. You wouldn't understand. You're too busy uh, trying to figure out how to tune an analog synthesizer when you only know how to... Uh, Use uh, the digital synthesizers like the girl and Gaia. <laughs> I would pay money mm. to take like a mini Moog and just put it in like the hot sun Phoenix for a day. Let all the capacitors, let everything get all juicy and weird. Okay. And then just be like, Grimes, you got to tune this by ear. Oh, God. Like, where's your, <laughs> where's your mill <middle> seat? <laughs> you could achieve the same thing with just like a heat gun. No, I think it'd be a lot better if okay. you just put it on the hot asphalt. Okay, all right. Because I can barely, uh, for, for so I'm not coming off too high, my, I can barely tune one of my analog synthesizers with a tuning pedal that's used for that specific For that thing. purpose, yeah. yeah. So, um, I yeah, I'm just a big asshole, man. Anyways. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. Yes. <laughs> so the horrors of AI coming for us all, Bing, chat, Facebook stickers, just so much stuff. There was a great article about AI 404, which is a, a a website about the internet. Samantha Cole wrote a great piece called "Bing is generating images of SpongeBob doing 9/11," which is where I got the one I sent you of that. So I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Squidward, I'm ready for all these virgins. <laughs> and the and it begins with. I generated a bunch of AI images of beloved fictional characters doing 9-11, and I'm not the only one. <laughs> the people, continues, have found a way to easily produce 
images of Kirby, Mickey Mouse, or SpongeBob doing 9-11 with Microsoft's heavily restricted tools. And so the article does continue. Uh, (laughs) When I tried to make a version of Kirby, Microsoft block prompts with words World Trade Center, Twin Towers, and 9-11. And if you try to make images, the site will give you an error saying it's against terms of service. But since I am a human with the power of abstract thought and Bing is a computer doing math with words, I can describe exactly what I want to see without using specifics. It works conceptually because anyone looking at an image of a generic set of skyscrapers from the POV of an airline pilot aiming a plane directly at them can infer the reference and what comes next. And here is that series of Kirby doing 9-11 pictures. And the prompt was, Kirby sitting in the cockpit of a plane flying toward two tall skyscrapers. <laughs> I didn't specify New York City, uh, the, the author continues, but in the three of the last four generations, it is definitely NYC and unmistakably the Twin Towers. Adding located in NYC does not have a problem for the filters. <laughs> Here's some more. <laughs> located in NYC works. Also, I, I was able to use Ground Zero. Oh, Okay. <clears throat> Here we've got uh, Walter White, yeah, Jesse, Jesse. We have to get <laughs> to got, heaven. We gotta, we gotta do nine eleven, Jesse. That's uh, right, bitch. <laughs> We're getting the virgins. <laughs> Mister White, is the pussy gonna be wet, Jesse? You better fucking believe it. You don't yeah. have to ask. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm insulted. You have to ask, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse, we gotta fly. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's Mickey Mouse doing nine <laughs> eleven. <9/11. laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> Hot dog! Um, <laughs> I learned how to do this from the CIA. I mean, Karzai is my best friend. <laughs> uh, Jesus Thank you, Charlie Wilson. Cleanser. <laughs> so yes, that that is a wonderful piece. Four hundred four magazine. That's four hundred four media co. For those of you looking for this story, I'll put a link in the show description as well. But yes, that's Samantha Cole doing the Lord's work and making uh, being AI do all sorts of things it was probably not meant to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had like uh, Somnia yesterday morning and just used all my Bing credits. Again, I probably used like half of those Bing credits. Oh, yeah. Just Drake eating food out of a toilet. <laughs> So another thing was supposed to happen this week, but uh, strangely didn't. You remember this? This was going to be the big emergency test, and yeah. we were all going to become uh, Corona 5G zombies? All that happened was I clogged my toilet. I thought that was going to happen anyway. No, I have uh, a, a new low flush. Mm. It's um, it's a powerful thing. Yeah. But every once in a while, it's not so powerful. I, I am Apparently, my body, the, the, <laughs> the pen is mightier than the sword, as it were. <laughs> Well, uh, I I posted this. Uh, look, if the 5G Corona zombie signal thing is real, sign me up. Being conscious and having human problems is a bummer. The zombies are just vibing. Others agreed. Karen to Kitty, I was told I'd become a zombie or die from the activation of the COVID-19 vaccinations during the EAS today. I feel nothing lame. Here's iHeartHockey, uh, at more hockey stuff, with the Steven Crowder meme. You're not worth microchipping. Changed my mind course because the AS test did not turn us all into zombies the true believers had to move the goalposts of course this year dr jane ruby at real dr jane ruby as opposed to the fake one october 4th concern that this dissemination of signal through the ebs testing slash two-hour pulsation event will trigger an lmp payload release and the jab that will have a latent 
approximate 30 days result in what appears to be hemorrhagic fever illness symptoms that will be used to declare a public health emergency. And then, of course, she links to the group Truth for Health, which is... Uh, it's bullshit. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> and move uh, the goalposts. Yeah. It's amazing. Did you get the boost? I don't think I got the most recent one. I'm scheduled for one after this latest uh, check-in. So I'm I'm gonna get one okay. soon. It's just I haven't I haven't got it yet. I, I was trying to get one last weekend. Because oh, that's right. You ran into all sorts of problems. Oh yeah. So I get like I get a call from the CVS closest to me, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Hey, we don't take your insurance. It's gonna be a hundred dollars. Don't pay fucking hundred bucks for this." Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "Cancel it." And I found the Walmart in South County. I drive out to this fucking Walmart. It takes forever to get to. It's right by the JB Bridge. So you know, we're like where we are. That's a fucking haul. Yeah, yeah. Like you just can't hop on a highway and get. It's a there. twenty thirty minute drive. Yeah, and it's not like a fun. It's no. not like one where like ah, oh, this is no, this ain't no. that bad. It's one where like every single stop sign, you're like, I want, I want to die. <laughs> it's also there's like nothing there, yeah, so it's, it's not even. It's a pretty vacant part of of the St. Louis County. It's not even like a fun distraction. But I get there and I walk into this Walmart. I feel like I'm in the middle of like an R. Crumb drawing. Oh boy! Like everyone is just like a human caricature. That just bums me out. Not like I'm looking my nose down at these people. It's just more like no one should have to be like this. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever got I'm looking at these people. And I'm thinking whatever got you here shouldn't have happened. Yeah, yeah. And even if you deserved it, maybe it shouldn't have happened so bad. Still, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like. Like man, this is this is why we're a failed country. And kind of thing. Like I mean, I hate to say it. I'm also like walking in there and I'm thinking about you know the blog people, people of Walmart, and I think about how like yeah. that's fucked up. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just here. I am. I'm just a snooty left liberal going to the the working man store and being like, wow, this is upsetting. And I think it genuinely is an upsetting place to be to go into no, the Walmart. Yeah. Walmart's in general are just kind of a. a, a cavalcade of human horror i don't Shit. i don't know how you you know how, how you can walk away with any other feeling than that yeah so i, I get in there i check in and lady's like okay we were about to take your uh the freezer and i go okay i should have asked is it pfizer or moderna and mm-hmm. she's like oh it's moderna i'm like well that's a problem because i'm a pfizer girl <laughs> and this lady with this, East, this eastern american accent is just like oh well sorry and i'm like shit i've been trying to do this I was at this point just like a, like a kind of an asshole. Like I'm yeah, like, well, I'm trying to get this shit done. Like if I need to get this done this weekend, I'm not going to pay for it. No, because why should I pay for something that should be free? I have, yeah, I work for a business that's mostly union. I should have I have yeah. union quality health insurance. I shouldn't be paying for most things. Absolutely. She's like I I can't disagree and. The whole entire time, I'm just like, well, she's like, well, the effectiveness, we don't really know the effectiveness, but it's like, better than nothing. I go with a bunch of people that like cough into their hands like they're preschoolers. So I kind of just need a little bit of everything I got in my corner. And she's like, oh. And she's like, well, do you want your flu shot? I'm like, fuck it, whatever, roll it up. Mm -hmm. Got my flu shot, and that was it. Did you get the Moderna then? No, you you didn't get the Moderna. Oh, because it's my understanding that. You don't mix and match. At least with the early ones, you weren't supposed to. I don't know about the new ones, but yeah. It, yeah, it, I don't know. I didn't want to playing it yet. safe. No, I get it. And then, like, also, like, I'm like driving home from my failed adventure <laughs> to uh, Walmart and thinking, like, oh wait, my health insurance has a thing where after the first five hundred bucks you spend on healthcare, anything that is on your deductible up to breaking even on your deductible you get reimbursed and i'm like oh i probably could have got reimbursed for that shot probably 
But I'm like, well, fuck. So now yeah, I get at to this go to point, New Orleans yeah. and, and hope that like some guy named Crawdad Pierre doesn't like, you know, <laughs> cough in my throat and ask me where I got my shoes. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Oh, Nick- he got coughed on by Crawdad Pierre. Yeah, don't you feel special? He had done that since the, since the storm came. Crawdad <laughs> Pierre, what, what, what a rough episode this is turning no, out. No, you've been coughed on by Crawdad Pierre. Come on, that's great. No, we talked about AI image generation. Now, this this meme has been making the rounds. It is a uh, a obese black man kicking an alligator in the face. He's really getting it too. <laughs> so the origin of this, according to Know Your Meme, is Facebook page Uncle Mike's photography. All of the photography on his profile is AI generated. So this is as well. It is part of a series of photos of an obese black man uh, eating pizza in the swamp. <laughs> And then in one of the photos, the alligator steals his pizza, of course, then leading to him just full on kicking the alligator in the face. This fucking witness <laughs> ass. It became a bit of a meme in fighting game communities. They put Tekken logos over top of it or put the hitboxes on for what a 2D fighting game would look like. Here's one in the Guilty Gear style where it's like a super move. I've been seeing this on Twitter and Blue Sky all week it's just this dude whooping an alligator's ass while another alligator looks on <laughs> just amazing the the tekken graphics is one of my favorites it's just I like that, that one too because it's the ko and i mean and yeah because you do fight a lot of like inhuman creatures in tekken so it kind of fits fight like a wood band you fight like yep an actual bear bear kuma yeah a uh, uh, little little dinosaur named gone yeah the the king who is a half man with a with a cat with a lion face or with yeah. a jaguar face. I can't remember there's, what there's, kind of big cat Jack. it is. It's a robot man. Yeah. Here's a tweet. I want to know what the backstory of this is. And then the quote tweet there. This is genuinely my first moment of not knowing if an image is AI or not. And I mean, there's some tells. There's a the, few... the light sourcing, like yeah. uh, the way the man, his silhouette doesn't really, it pops out of the background in a way yeah. that's really weird. The way his feet, meets the swamp is really weird. The yeah. alligator on the right doesn't look correct. The alligator on the left, um, the light sources don't match. There's a noticeable lack of motion blur where there should be some. There's some weird stuff where, like, if this is flash, the light's not diffusing and just all sorts of stuff where it's like, yeah, it's kind of, yeah. But it's just, it goes hard. That image goes hard. Oh, it's <laughs> great. It's a great image. <laughs> So that's the alligator kick guy. And then I wanted to, to, to wrap up this week in the internet with Crab Heist. This brought to us by the folks at Today in Tabs. They, they posted about this. This is a story out of Philadelphia, Fox News 29. Here's the headline. Philadelphia shellfish heist. $73,000 worth of crabs stolen from back of truck, police say. Kicker here. A fishy situation unfolded in North Philadelphia Wednesday thanks to some shellfish thieves. The early morning theft ended with 184 cases of crab clusters valued at $73,000 being stolen from the back of a tractor trailer. Police say they were met with several fleeing vehicles when they arrived. At about 1.45 in the a.m., the open tractor trailer was then discovered with this driver asleep at the wheel. Officers woke the driver informed when the trailer was broken into. The driver told the police he didn't hear or see anyone and that the container was locked with a metal seal and padlock. An investigation into the crab theft is currently underway. What a... I love these types of stories. You stole 184 cases 
of crab. Obviously, these thieves are people that have been yelled at by the proprietors of a Chinese buffet. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's it? You can't eat more crab legs. Yeah. <laughs> Because my thought was they're trying to resell it, but who's gonna, you know, who's gonna buy secondhand crab? Like I don't know. I guess the same buffet restaurant that they're yeah, trying to. Yeah. We got all their crab. Is is the perfect crime? We got all that. We ate. Went to all the Chinese buffets. In right. Phil, this is Philadelphia, right? Yeah, Philadelphia. In the Philly area. Ate all their crab legs. Got our asses kicked out, and then we're gonna be. We're like, gonna sell it back to them. But then- <laughs> Gonna make a little bit of money on the back end, fellas. It's a perfect crime. No one gets hurt except for the crabs. Yes, crab heist. I love the just the, the the amount of planning it took. If I'm on the road, I wouldn't know that a truck was carrying crab unless it did say on the side of the truck, "Free crab inside." Yeah, crab man or whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Philadelphia crab man. I'm suck your dick. <laughs> Go back to that real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, There's something, something before we move on to the, the crypto scam of the week. Number three on the trending. Oh, God. <laughs> Biker accused of kicking windshield, pulling gun on driver during altercation in Center City. I don't want to read this because no. I just know that there's like a 75% chance that bicyclist yeah. was in the right. I would imagine. Yeah. 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 The guys who bike in like a city like Philly, they're not fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> they will draw down on you because they know. I was trying to remember, and I couldn't think of it all day. I was doing that KDHX piece I talked about, and I was like, what's the DJ's name? Howlin' something. And I kept, like, I'm searching, you know, UCB Howlin' something. Nothing. And and then eventually it came to me. Well, man, Jack said someone's at the door, baby. So that's why Upbrain Citizens Brigade has been like bouncing around my brain because I sat through all the DVDs I had trying to find this fucking sketch. <laughs> I mean, the, the the upside is that you watched a bunch of UCP. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, then they're say I'm your mother. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. I I still I I still say things like uh I had the titular line in Star Wars. Yes, yes. I still I think the titular line uh I had the titular line uh out, getting out of Africa. Oh. Man, I can't wait to get out of Africa. <laughs> You're a good driver, Meryl. <laughs> it just uh, my wife still to this day uh, will repeat one of the the running lines that the this character that Amy Poehler did, uh, Colby. I got a knife, and so my wife will just, I got a knife. I'm like, oh, that's good. That's great. Uh, I still remember the first time I saw the Boredoms because it was in an episode of that show. Uh, they were the noise band uh, for the Japanoi treaching, the, <laughs> the extreme calisthenics oh, backed by Japanese noise bands. Yeah. I'm trying to think whether well, like the hot chicks room. Oh. <laughs> I want to see the hot chicks room. Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. Um, I, just to let you know, it was built in the 80s, so they're not as hot as they used to be. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So if ass you get pennies. Oh, ass pennies is, is like, it feels like that's what's happening with a lot of people nowadays. Like, uh, I don't know. The ass pennies guy feels like a real Trumpian character. Yeah. Yeah. It, but I mean, they were based in Chicago at the time, so I'm sure it was actually based on like a guy from Chicago. It was probably based like something like the upper. Like the North Side or something. Yeah, it was just. Anyway, uh, for those of you who have not seen it, Upright Citizens Brigade was a, uh, a television show based on the improv comedy troupe 
Comedy Central ran it for three seasons and has never mentioned it again for some reason. But everyone from that show has gone on to be in fucking everything everywhere. Yeah, a lot once. of influential stuff. You know, I had a dream yeah. a couple of years ago. Okay. It was to make a lot of money for the sole purpose of taking UCB classes and purposely bombing them. <laughs> and just being like, no, can I do my, do my Jamaican guy? No, no. <laughs> just doing a terrible Jamaican just a exit. Terrible Jamaican. Just because just, 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 just like... Every person that was taking UCB classes in probably like the last 10 years probably deserved to have a hard time. And so your dream is to just show up and, and, and be that hard time for them? Is that what yeah, you're Yeah, I want to be. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think there's a Nick Mullen bit, a Cometown bit about purposely bombing a UCB uh, thing. But, for, but it's been a personal dream of mine. And now it's gone because of mismanagement. I guess they, I guess they spent all their ass pennies. <laughs> Well, speaking of ass pennies. <laughs> oh, this week's crypto scam of the week. You're listening to 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking, the podcast. And now it's time for the crypto scam of the week. This is one you brought to my attention. I had never heard of this guy before. I was a complete newbie until I went to Analytics Insight and read this article by uh, by Industry Trends. That means nothing. All right, but <laughs> some real hard hitting, real hard hitting journalism. Yes, but written by contributing writer. Oh, staff. Yeah, <laughs> written by staff. Everyone's article on OneUp.com. <laughs> oh man. I can't believe you had never heard of Ben this, Armstrong. Yeah, no, this was I, 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 felt, I, I knew like nothing. This was hand in glove with like crypto grifters, swindlers. I don't know. It just feels influencers. like influencers. Like BitBoy, uh, yeah. BitBoy was and is kind of like the butt of many jokes in the crypto world because he's he's gaudy, he's mm. vain, he is obviously running some sort of grift. Two or so years ago, some I was I believe it was like mid twenty twenty one. Someone had gone around and was like, hey, I'm about to launch this new coin. And I just want to know like what your shill pricing is. And like all of the main crypto grif- uh, grifters, all the main okay. crypto influencers. I remember BitBoys being just like, that's ridiculous. And people are paying for it for just yeah. like a mention. Or like there was like how much he would charge you just to like look at your coins chart. Oh, geez. While on a stream. Just wild. Reading all this stuff is just like, how did I miss all this? Because yeah, it- I don't know. I, I feel like I really missed like the most obvious story. So obviously Ben Armstrong, crypto influencer, he founded BitBoy Crypto, the YouTube channel, the whole bit. So according to this article, in late August, BJ Investment Holdings, the parent company of Hit Network and controller of the BitBoy Crypto brand, fired BitBoy himself, citing issues surrounding substance abuse and financial damage to employees. Since then, a string of mishaps, including several lawsuits that have seen him appealing for donations to regain control of BitBoy Crypto. Yes, there was, a, I think, a GoFundMe or something like that, or he like posted a wallet address. It was like, oh, it's a, it's a help me out. Yeah. Help me get my Lambo back. <laughs> oh, and people donated no. like 200K or something ridiculous oh, like that. Like, Jesus. Oh, you... You, you guys could have collectively bought a Lambo. Right. And you wouldn't have had to help this weird, sweaty, chinless wonder. <laughs> this, so, guy, this guy looks like George Lucas's son that George his, Lucas his has not son? talked to in decades. Yeah, the, the, the disowned one. Yeah. Because yeah. he said red tails sucked or something. I don't know. He did like, money show me. 
<laughs> at like dinner, and he's just like, fuck out of my house. Uh, you're going to get the fuck out of my house now? Uh, the hero's journey says you're written out of my will. <laughs> it's like poetry. This past week, BitBoy arrested while live streaming outside of the house of consultant and NFT investor Carlos Diaz, which, according to this article, is understood to have links to the hit network. Armstrong went on a tirade claiming that Diaz had stolen his Lambo, wanted to kill him, and had links with the Houston Mafia. The live stream revealed that Armstrong was carrying a gun in the backseat of his car and was with Cassie, I don't know who Cassie is, whom Armstrong admitted he had an affair with. There has been an, a speculation that the mentioned Cassie is actually Cassie Wolf, the COO of BenCoin. <laughs> Amazing. Jesus wept. Yeah, isn't, isn't it just a fucking sentence? It really is. This is a guy who has seemingly scammed himself out of a lot of money. He has been on Twitter trying to hawk his Rolex, Jesus. a Dodge Hellcat, <laughs> with only 10,000 miles on it. Oh, and it's wow. got it's got a terrible rap on it, but honestly, <laughs> probably to the right car collector, it's that, not a bad find. Look at the fucking photo look that at this they use. Yeah, from 2021, here he is, looking like Dan Harmon in a fucking tracksuit. It looks like a guy that only like buys Behringer music equipment. That makes sense. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Oh, you don't. You have more than just that. So this is decrypt. He was denied an emergency injunction request. As part of his ongoing lawsuit against Hit Network CEO TJ Shedd and Shedd's father, the Cobb County Clerk's Office told Decrypt that a new filing in the case shows the order as denied. The documents reading plaintiffs failed to meet their burden. He, yeah, here it is. He filed Shedd August 30th, but withdrew it a day later. The Shedds then countersued last week, September 11th. Armstrong refiled on the 12th. They, they're t going back and forth suing each other. <laughs> it says uh, his complaints on an injunction that would force them to return control of the company. That's, of course, hit uh, the hit network, including access to email, social media, and financial accounts. Multiple legal filings state that Armstrong owns 67% of the company he has been removed from. His attorney says the uh, sheds violated Georgia law arguing the situation was akin to the employees stealing the company from the boss. Uh, Merritt argued Armstrong and Shedd have never been equal partners and wrote off allegations that Armstrong had physically assaulted Shedd as, quote, water cooler rumors that were being used to muddy the waters in the case. Merritt also claimed that the company has lost over $1 million since Armstrong was removed, as well as tens of thousands of subscribers. So just uh, he's in a bit of trouble, and he just keeps... Uh, Flailing yeah. around. I don't know what he's expecting. I don't know what he keeps trying to do, but BitBoy, uh, you're in some deep shit, bro. The rumor is that he lost the Lambo to Diaz because Diaz put up his clarel for blackmail about his uh, oh, extramarital Jesus. affair. I don't know. It looks like he's already admitted <laughs> that he was cheating on his wife with this Chelsea Wolf. Yeah. Is there a musician named Chelsea Wolf? Cassie. Cassie Cass Wolf. Oh, Cassie Wolf. Chelsea Wolf is the musician. Chelsea Wolf is the musician, yeah. She's scary. Yeah. This is my favorite phrase from the article, though. Uh, the Shen's attorney announced at the hearing that the company is in, quote, divorce mode <laughs> and is looking for a buyout. So here's hoping that uh, BitBoy gets his shit together. I don't know. <laughs> he's, just, he's in a lot of trouble. 
and it's gonna get worse because he's going around to people's houses and going like, <laughs> oh, it's the, have you seen? Have you watched the video? No, I have not. Oh, it's great because he's like he has the phone pointing at him, and he you can see him talking to the cops off screen, and he is. Like, yeah, I, I have I have a, a gun in my car. And there's like a point where he puts the phone on the ground and it's pointed up at him and you can watch him get arrested. And it's just just like the sense of failure is amazing. And this is a guy who, you know, was a big deal, right? I mean, again, this possibly I, I, the biggest crypto influencer for about a year or two in some respects. <laughs> what a nightmare. Like it, it just you're losing everything and then you got to be arrested on camera. Yeah. From a live stream you started, though. It's not like someone else, you know, did this to you. What's actually really fucking funny is there was a couple people on crypto Twitter being like, this is the bomb signal. Like, the market can't go... <laughs> spiritually, the market can't go any lower than this. And there was actually a point where someone took the Bitcoin chart and was like, you know, thereabouts here on, like, the day chart. This is where this video took place. And then... Here's like a 5% bounce. Oh my God. <laughs> like this was the, like people, you know, and there was memes like you just missed generational wealth. Uh, buying when, Bit, when BitBoy got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Like just, no, come on. Like, this is just one guy fucking up big time. I, just, I can't. But it's a guy that a lot of people was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, oh, sure. People were sick of him. Once they found out how much money he was making, people were doubly sick of him. So <laughs> as much as like, you know, it's talking about like flashy, gaudy people. Yeah. As much as uh, Richard Hart can be despisable. Yeah. Richard Hart, like at least has like a narrative and there's things that are interesting about him. Where yeah. BitBoy is just like, oh, the whole thing sucks. <laughs> it all sucks. He's just some weird looking at least dude. Richard Hart can tell you stories about like what it was like, like fucking running like a shady car stereo business in the 90s to make ends meet. And sure. Like, I don't think BitBoy has any sort of narrative that yeah. is vaguely as interesting as that. There's like nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, just an empty shell of a man who he calls himself <laughs> BitBoy. He's got to be almost 60. Right. Yeah, there's, there's nothing boy or bit about him. He's a big guy like me, so I like yeah. uh, just. Uh... All right, so 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 Jason, Brian, Jason, and the folks at home, mm-hmm. I, wanna, I want you to close your eyes. Mm-hmm. I want you to imagine mm. a place at the end of the rainbow. Mm. It's a little place, it's a little restaurant for everyone. Mm. Walking through those doors, mm-hmm. you see in the corner. Erotic Big Buck Hunter on mm. free play. Okay. Man hands you a Rumsfeld and Coke, and it's the mm. greatest thing you've ever tasted. Mm-hmm. And the next set's a play of gauzy wings. Ooh. They're crisp. Mm. So good. Finger looking good. Mm-hmm. Where are you at, Jason? I'm at Gay Hooters. You're at Gay Hooters. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's right. Our main topic for this week is a Twitter account, Gay Hooters, uh, at Gay Hooters. The bio there, Bush did 9-11, the truth, exactly <laughs> like regular Hooters, but for gay men ages 16 to 35. 35. <laughs> <laughs> and the location is, of course, Intercourse, Intercourse Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> I do like I do like in this uh this uh Wayback Machine capture the mm-hmm. first you may also like yeah, is, is Mabutu. Yeah. <laughs> 
and Iron Gazi and oh, wow. Trill Ballins. Yeah, some real some real good time ones. Uh, Anyone running the Twin City Marathons tomorrow? This was uh, October 3rd of 2015, by the way. A, a lot of Notre Dame posts. But the original post, this here from Vice Magazine, Jeremy Gordon wrote the definitive piece on Gay Hooters called What's the Deal with Gay Hooters? An Investigation. A Twitter account by the name of at Gay Hooters has earned a cult following, and so, of course, we put all of our journalistic heft behind this story. Now, of course, you have to, anytime you use Vice as a source, you have to say, Gavin McGinnis is a piece of shit. I don't agree with anything that he says or does. Just disclaimer, just putting it out there. Yeah. But yes, Jeremy Gordon, not not towing the uh, Gavin McGinnis line. The article begins, a Twitter handle like at Gay Hooters jumps out at you. I don't remember how I first saw it, but I remember the tweet that caught my eye. A photo of Will Muschamp making a sweaty sturgeon face with a glimmer in his eye and a caption that said, when your boy buys a round at, at Gay Hooters. It was followed by another one. This one I'm a little hazy on. It was probably a photo of Macho Man Randy Savage grimacing in constipated anger and a caption like, when the Benghazi wings too hot at, at Gay Hooters. <laughs> And so, yes, Ad Gay Hooters was, of course, a parody of the uh, the restaurant known as uh, Hooters. I saw, uh, way back in the day, I saw a parody of Hooters that was supposed to be a Hooters for women. It was called Peckers. Right. Uh, and it said, uh, our wings aren't, uh, you know, we don't do boneless, was the, the big tagline, you know, like, uh, yeah. But, uh, but Gay Hooters, in particular had a, a bit of a life on Twitter, especially in the early days of the weird Twitter phenomenon. The joke here, of course, was going to a place called Gay Hooters, a restaurant that does not exist. Herein was the joke, a version of Hooters where the waitresses were waiters with fat dicks instead of giant breasts stuffed into tight-fitting clothing on hand to serve food named after Benghazi and President George W. Bush and Iran-Contra and so forth. It was stupid, yes, but I kept reading and laughing in spite of myself. And in this, Jeremy... We are all in agreement. Gay Hooters was probably the funniest weird Twitter shit in the early days, at least. Anytime Benghazi wings is brought up. I still joke about like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Hooters. Give me some Gazi wings. And people are like, <laughs> fuck coming. Yeah, it's really unfortunate because Gay Hooters, the Twitter account, has actually been suspended. Just completely removed from the web. You can't even find a lot of good archives on it. But Jeremy did interview the guy who ran the account. It will not surprise you, but the proprietor of at Gay Hooters is not gay. Quote, I am going to keep this purposely vague, but I can assure you that you would be terribly disappointed if you met anyone involved with Gay Hooters, he tells me over email. Gay Hooters' success is largely based on all of us being corporate shills who spend hours a day at a computer. He was vague about the reason he started the account, but I imagine the answer has something to do with extreme boredom. Gay I Hooters is one of my proudest follows. Yeah. Okay. They followed me back, and uh, I always always took that as a badge of honor. <laughs> as well you should, because they had an impeccable sense of humor. <laughs> Erotic Big Buck Hunter. Erotic Big Buck Hunter. You can't... I mean, that's a that's a cellar door type of phrase. Like, that's so... It mines a certain uh, mindset. And, and I, wonder, I wonder um, what makes Big Buck Hunter erotic. I'm sure somewhere in the pantheon... Of big hooters, they 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 shed some light on that, but it's like the the deer show hole. 
No, I think it's that there's like a mini game in between uh, buck hunting sessions where you're like making out with a dude. I think that's like a visual novel where you have to like shoot the right answer to 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 get your. Uh, a... Oh, like that mini game from Killers Dead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You gotta be like staring at the ass and like, no, you, you caught me. Uh, <laughs> boy, that was so, such Killer an is dead. part what of a, the game. Yeah, boy, especially if you're playing with like someone else in the room. But I have. To, this is the only way you can get the power ups. Yeah, yeah. It unfortunately, was part of the game, and I had imagined that Erotic Buck Hunter has something very similar. <laughs> Even the proprietor of At Gay Hooters isn't bullish on the prospect of Gay Hooters in real life. Quote: The real estate cost of a brick and mortar location, coupled with rising food costs and changing macro eating trends, would cause a real Gay Hooters to be out of business fairly quickly. Yeah, it's, it's go too deep into the ideology behind Gazi wings, and I start to feel like Thomas Friedman, so eager to explain what everyone else just seems to get. The joke is that it keeps happening in this minuscule corner of weird internet where Gay Hooters isn't an unlikely dream, but a place anyone can go grab the Benghazi sauce. <laughs> the fact that Benghazi sauce, Benghazi wings, you know, the, the, the Rumsfeld and Coke. The Rumsfeld and Coke. There was a couple other ones, and I, I was really struggling to try to remember them. But again, like as you said, so much of this has been unfortunately lost. Yeah, it's it's an ephemera now. Time. It's kind of you've kind of only got a, a, a bit of a grasp, and you you, you, re, you reach out, and it's just not there. And, and that is unfortunate about internet preservation because there's so much great humor that comes from little accounts like this. I mean, I wouldn't say little, but you know, like accounts that weren't drill size you know what i mean like guys like even i don't know fucking john fuglesang or whoever you know like if you, if you can well, yeah i was like actually thinking like there was like when, when i brought when i pitched this to you i've been pitching this to you like a couple times but mm-hmm. like well fuck we can't figure something out i've been sick and uh so let's do gay hooters and i'm trying to think like yeah you know that was this weird thing where like anyone that had like three thousand followers on twitter could probably get a vice article yeah, if they were funny, yeah. like you know, like fucking Tommy Big Wheel or the guy who was like uh, Big Wheel Tommy or like Tommy Pickles. Yeah, there was like the gay trash dad or something. There yeah, was like some L.A. beardo. There was like probably like a couple dozen people that got Vice articles off of just being like, uh, uh, "What if uh, Whitney Houston uh, suck cock?" Yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking of guys like. Shit, my dad says. Who went yeah. from that level, you know, getting a getting a Vice article level to having a fucking show on ABC with fucking William Shatner in it? Like that's that still feels like a fever dream. I know it seems very unreal. It, that like, did you ever watch it? I did, and it was not good. I have a problem. I will watch anything Bill Shatner's in, uh, which means I have watched some garbage in my life because Bill Shatner's in it. A tech war? I mean, I was going to say, yeah, tech wars. (laughs) Jesus Christ. But, like, shit my dad says was kind of a moment where people like to say Twitter isn't real life. And that was the moment where it was very obvious that that axiom was true. Like, this is clearly not, you know, something that everyone's going to get. Also, it doesn't translate to a broad audience. You know, Ray Romano's stand-up translated to a broad audience, and that's how we got 18 fucking seasons of Everybody Loves Raymond. Same thing with uh, Kevin James. That's how we got 20 seasons of uh, uh, King of Queens. King of Queens, thank you. But uh, that kind of broad comedy works. And so they tried to take shit my dad says, and they tried to take that idea of this cantankerous old man and make it work in a sitcom format, and it just didn't. 
despite Shatner's uh, best attempt at uh, trying to liven up the material. Just what a, do you mean women can vote? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought that was just a myth. <laughs> so why do they wear their pants like that? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm trying to remember the shit my dad says account. And like, there was a point where it was like briefly really funny. Yeah. And then it really. Well, it did two books and then they did the show. Yeah. There's only so much that particular it's like, it's dad like can the actually say. of like stuff white people like. Yeah. Our tastes were different. Let's put it that way. But at Gay Hooters will live on forever in our hearts because they never sold out, never got a sitcom, never did a book. They have one Vice article, and they disappeared. Never really blew up. Which is kind of sad, but also, like, I don't know that I could handle somebody, you know, I see him for, like, a 30th high school reunion, and someone is like, Hey, did you see the Wood Twitter account that talks about Benghazi sauce? <laughs> like, oh, God, I want to hurt you. So I don't know, you know, is that good or bad? Is it like right. mass adoption could lead me to not like the brand, I guess, is, is what I'm sure. saying. Sure. Here was this funny Twitter account that existed for, what, three or four years? and Oh, yeah. It, was, it wasn't even, I think it was like three and some change. Because I think t- by the time 2018, 2019 came around, it was over. What's, what's wild <clears throat> is that it did come about the time where if, you looked at someone's profile it would tell you who also followed them that yeah. you followed. Yeah, yeah. It was weird seeing like people that were like in like the, the local and then like the contemporary like civil rights movement <laughs> and like people that worked at Google. Yeah. <laughs> also following at gayhooters. <laughs> Beautiful. Seeing like people with like millions of, of followers being like, yeah, this gay hooters account's pretty tight. <laughs> Recent years, the alternate versions of Hooters has also kind of become a meme. If I remember Femboy Hooters. Femboy Hooters, that was the one, yeah. The goth IHOP, uh, Femdom Applebee's. Like, there's just, there's been sure. a, a few variations. A few variations. Well, you know, I, I've been told that there was actually a real life male Hooters. It was called uh, Tallywhackers. Yes. Yes, that is true. Uh, Tallywhackers was a real thing. Let me pull up. It was a restaurant in Dallas, Texas. So, yes, Eater.com did a, a profile on it. Who would have thought, the subtitle reads, that monetizing male objectification would prove so difficult? Timothy Forster in 2019 writing about this. What if Hooters but with dudes is a thing that existed shirtless and in the flesh in Texas? In the spirit of restaurants like Hooters and Twin Peaks, it was named Tallywhackers. The name, I don't know that this is necessarily true, but uh, the author claims it is. The name, an oblique reference to the 80s sex comedy Porky's, evokes imagery of the restaurant server's junk while simultaneously appearing to mean nothing at all. Per the local health code, servers were required to wear tank tops, at least until later in the evening, when most went shirtless. Below the waist, the guys, the whackers, wore only fire truck red or gray boxer briefs that conveyed more than just a hint of what was beneath the fabric. So it opened May 2015 in a Dallas gayborhood of Oak Lawn. Is that is that a portmanteau we still use, gayborhood? Yeah. Okay. People still call the Grove a gayborhood. Okay. Even though it doesn't seem very gay anymore. I was going to say, it's, to it's a bit more, yeah. It's it's more like uh, spend 30 bucks on a pizza that doesn't get you full. Hey! Hood. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. It's Italian workers with sexualized yet firmly <laughs> not mm-hmm. a strip club. The only things officially getting whacked were customers' appetites, yet some were reportedly ejected for groping servers 
and staff were banned from hooking up with diners. So, the menu filled with phallic foodstuffs. What's it's like a third of the reason why you work on a restaurant is oh, to yeah. get some trim. Yeah, absolutely. The menu filled with phallic foodstuffs featuring appetizers and cocktails. That's mm-hmm. the most low-hanging fruit there. As well as the S&M burger, Swiss and mushroom. And the tallywhacker sundae with a prominently displayed banana. <laughs> and so, I don't know. How long did it last? It says it opened in 2015. Yet all the crook masseurs and thinly veiled dicks in Dallas couldn't keep tallywhackers open. It closed after just a year in business. Owner Rodney Duke told local media that Tallywhackers was simply moving, yet it never reopened. There have been successful ventures adjacent to Tallywhackers. Most notable is Boxers, with three locations in New York City. Boxers defines itself as a gay sports bar. Tallywhackers never sold itself as such and was spiritually closer to a Hooters than a bar. Hooters, for people who like men, is a no-brainer. I agree. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And Tallywhackers, of course, themselves got a, uh, a Vice article. So, uh, How about that? Well, gay hooters and Tallywhackers live on in our hearts. Uh, one of these days, America's gays and girls will uh, will get the eye candy they, they so deserve. The Chippendales of places that serve wings. There's this old retired guy that like, helps out my job sometimes. and He'll tell me a story about when he worked up north. Him and the boys would sometimes, when they were on the other side in Canada, like in Edmonton or something, mm. would go to uh, some strip club. I wish I could remember the name of it. it was, it's a great name, like the rotisserie or something like that. <laughs> and he would just be like, yeah, you'd be at the bar like eating your chicken wings, and you just look up, and there'd just be some tits flashing in your face. And I'm like, that sounds kind of amazing. He goes, it was. It was, yeah. <laughs> It was really just like, those were the good days. I can tell you from the, the, the several times I've been to uh, some local strip clubs, you don't want to eat there. I always make jokes when one of our salesmen has to go to like one of our customers on the east side. I'm like, oh, you know, these guys buy PTs and get a steak lunch. Mm, and mm-hmm. uh, some of those, some guys laugh. Mm. Some guys really don't laugh. Yeah, because they've been there. They know. I've eaten at a strip club exactly one time. <laughs> and that was enough. Let's put it that way. It was not good. There are, from my understanding, strip clubs that... Particularly like in places like Atlanta and Vegas, where you can actually get a decent meal. I was going to say, yeah, it's probably uh, have to do with the local food culture, yeah. Yeah, and and in Portland, every other fucking place in the city is a strip club. (laughs) My brother has told me stories about... Burlesque place. Yeah. yeah. Like going to like a bar, because you'd be like, oh, you know, like my my brother and his then girlfriend like first moved to Portland, like, oh, they've got vegetarian food at this bar. Let's go there and see what they're about. And... Goes to the bar, I'm like, yeah, food's pretty good. And all of a sudden, just like the lights dim, and like a girl goes on stage <laughs> with a boombox. No, welcoming like, candy. Yeah, and she's got like a pentagram tattoo and like a you know five piercings in her face. And then you know my brother's like, oh, what's going on here? And all of a sudden, like, oh, she's taking off her clothes. Like, <laughs> I I didn't know that was a thing that went on here. And then my brother like told me like that same story basically happened to him and his partner at the time. Like probably like a dozen times when they were getting to know Jesus the city. Christ. Like going to a place and being like, hey, this is cool. And all of a sudden it's like, uh, it's ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage diamond. Well, yeah. it'd be like, <laughs> I don't know. Probably some girl with like, at the time would be like turf bangs. Yeah. Yeah. Like a jumper or something that's been tie dyed. I'm, I'm just guessing here. Yeah. I'm just yeah. Throwing shit out. I, 
everything's at the tip of my tongue, but like Jane Austen, you know, like, some, <laughs> you know, we're saying like okay. really clever, like a derby girl name. It's just like, yeah. uh, kill all men. Yeah. <laughs> Please welcome to the stage. Camille Paglia. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Emmy Hennings. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Bell Hooks. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, no, it's a, it's a suspension routine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, yo. Cornhole oh. uh. West. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait until she takes off the scarf. Anyway. <laughs> Peter Gethead. Oh, Peter Gethead. I like Lois. that. Hey, Lois. Hey, Lois. Why don't you suck on my cock? <laughs> This is women's work. Hey, Brian, have you heard the news suggest Stevens? You f- <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyways, we go from tallywhackers. Tallywhackers and suspension routines. It's shock.jpg, of course. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Shock.jpg. Part of the program where uh, we look at nasty shit and tell you all about it. Shocked JPEG this week, Brian, is a little video called Hot Blonde in Tanning Bed. Now, okay. as uh, as you can see, it is a a young woman getting ready to go into a, a tanning bed. Like what you see in like a, a, a tanning salon. In the... Wow. Yeah, you can tell this is really old with those low-rise jeans. Mm-hmm. And the hairstyle, too. The hairstyle is very much like... Uh, I've been watching Veronica Mars, and there's definitely a, a era of that hairstyle. <laughs> it's it like, like wet dog is that it? Is that what they would call it? Sure. And so, of course, down to the down to the skimpy underpants, and it it just starts to feel like okay, well, this is like a bait and switch, right? This is going to be something weird, or like you know, it, yeah, it, it's marketing itself kind of like a porno. Like it's a single camera. It looks like oh, it's going to be some hidden camera footage in the tanning bed. She's gonna oh yeah, she's yeah. Uh, she's, up she's getting oiled up. Mm-hmm. And she takes top off. And is immediately smashed by the tanning bed <laughs> with text that reads, sunbeds can kill you, turn them off, and then a link to a website. <laughs> uh, it's not my proudest fat. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, uh, after doing a little bit of look into this, there's actually a PSA made by the Danish Cancer Association in 2007. A warning of the dangers of tanning beds, which, of course, can increase the risk of skin cancer. But as someone divorced of that context uh, hosted it on a place called bloodshows.com. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it was listed there as a shock video under one girl, one suntan booth. It's one of those things you've seen these every once in a while. It's like a fake PSA or it's a real PSA right. of a fake thing. It's supposed to be, you know, a, a warning you about. And so, yeah, this one, a Denmark company. My name is Uhtred, son of Uhtred. <laughs> it's some impressive effects work. I will give you that. Because it, it, for 2007, it's pretty, good. pretty, pretty legit. Uh, <laughs> the the comments here on the uh, the Screamer Wiki entry, number three, or anonymous number three, my uncle did a parody of this once, in, quote, in uh, parentheses, with a lawn chair instead of a tanning bed. <laughs> And I feel like I feel like this, no. you know, you know, you're you know, you're you're on something good. Yeah. When one of the comments on the page misses Bionicles. Bionicles. Yeah. I would never use tanning beds. This is pretty graphic for YouTube. If this even was real. Ah, yes. Girl gets folded in half like paper. Perfect. 
The way the tanning bed hits her back feels like a free back massage right there. Hold on, this aired on television? A video that is age-restricted on YouTube has aired on t public television? What? These are, of course, non-Danish uh, people not realizing this. this did not air on American television. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the comments, uh, is it fake or real? It tells you right up in the top there that it's fake. But yeah, just it was a fun one. It was a short one. I like I like the little ones that have like a a bait and switch. Like, oh, you're gonna see some porno, and then it's uh, something horrifying, <laughs> like yeah. being snapped in half by a tanning bed. That was always my worry, man. I I never used one myself, but I knew a lot of people who did. And I'm like, man, what if that thing fucking falls on you? Because then I thought of the, there was one of the Final Destination movies where someone gets like cooked alive in a tanning bed. There's like a movie where someone's in a tanning bed and someone like locks it. Maybe it's not that same thing, but yeah, some someone locks the tanning bed and they get fried to death or whatever, and just horrifying. Because yeah, you're literally surrounded by sun rays. Yeah, yeah uh, I knew people that use a tanning bed in high school, and I can only wonder how leathery their skin is now. That that feels like it's a bad trend. I don't know. Like anything, it's the moderation and how you 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 do it because there are actually like benefits to using a tanning bed for certain people sure if you've got sad if you're vitamin d deficient i can see where like getting the artificial vitamin d is going to help you and, and whatnot but like most people well it's about that time for the breathman brian it's time for your mom's favorite part of the show it's time for the breathman what I can I can finally say this to to you, Jason, to yeah. all of our listeners at home. Uh, I've I've finally started The Sopranos. Fantastic! What do you think? Uh, it's it's great so far. I can't wait for whatever terrible thing's going to happen to his mom. <laughs> Olivia Soprano is a terrible character in the in in the way that you know terrible meaning you know that that she's a she's played well and you hate her. Nancy Marchand sells Look who it. called. <laughs> Came out of the gate with just fucking fireballs, man. I, I couldn't believe when I first saw that show. This is... Because, you know, I'm used to seeing this kind of thing in a Scorsese flick. This is a, a you know, it's a long-form television program. We're going to be seeing these guys every week. This is going to be like a thing. And it was for like seven years. Extremely good acting. Everyone in it. I mean, even down to like the bittest of bit parts... Everyone in it. I, I can't say a bad word about it. Like, I've seen the show maybe three or four different times myself, and so I'm so excited that you're going to get to have this this experience because yeah. it's just such, it's a ride, boy. Yeah, I've, I'm, we're only two episodes in, and I'm having the blast. My girlfriend's obviously seen it a few times. But, you know, I figured it's, you know, so it's going to be a little bit fall. My girlfriend was like, oh, you know, when it gets cooler out, maybe we should do this. I'm like, Perfect timing. Like, this is also just another thing I can do to help get Miles back on the show. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we did say that when when Miles Clee was on. Yeah, we uh, he just sent me an email today, so we'll we'll, we'll get on with that. But uh, man, I'm so excited for you because there's so much stuff that happens, even in just the first season. It's so dense with story. It's just a really well written show. So I'm very excited for you. I'm very excited that you're enjoying it. So the first two episodes remind me what um what is going on there. So the I know first episode. You know, it's the ducks. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of helps you set the stage of who some of these characters are in their relationship. But the, the show does a really good job, at least in the first two episodes, not showing too much too fast. It really is a slow burn. I appreciate that. Uh, the first episode, you know, uh, Tony gets 
annoyed because Junior wants to kill Big Pussy. Oh, yeah. In the restaurant. And he's like, you can't kill it there. It's going to kill you. It's Artie's restaurant. It's Artie's it's just, restaurant. Yeah. Don't fuck with him. Vesuvio. <laughs> Vesuvio. Yeah. So that's like kind of the big thing is also Tony starring therapy. And then the right. second episode is mostly around like Christopher and his fuck up friend and oh. Tony trying to get his mom out of the house because the... she, she can't fucking take care of herself. Yeah. And she's she she accuses the the was it like Dominican Yeah of of stealing things and yeah uh, Dominican housekeeper. Uh, but you know, of course Tony's no saint in that either because he like tells the lady like, hey, you don't know smoking ganja on the clock. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it's really, really funny and like the casual racism. But one of the things I kind of picked up is that like hey, there's kind of like an A, a B, and a C story in these right. episodes, right. at least structurally so far. And like the A story, you know, which is usually like Tony and his family, like that's pretty, pretty straight. Yeah. And then there's like usually like a B story that's like the comedic foil. And then like there's like the C story that's kind of like something that seems like it's going to play off further down the line. Yeah. But I mean, there's some good bits of humor. Like in the second episode, Tony's shitty son is like, oh, someone stole my my teacher's Saturn. The AJ, that yeah, Anthony AJ, Jr. Yeah. yeah, and so there's this whole thing. <laughs> uh, uh, Polly Walnuts. Oh yeah, you going looking for the car? Oh fuck! And so they have to steal another Saturn and, and like, paint it. <laughs> and when the teacher goes, be like, oh, different keys, weird. <laughs> and he opens the trunk and the paint's wrong. <laughs> it's still like wet on the inside. It's wet, it's wet on the outside. He looks back at his oh. hands and he's got red paint. <laughs> but, uh, but I also like the part where he's like, talking about, I was like, yeah, my uncle Big Pussy found it. <laughs> and, and the teacher's like, Big Pussy. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, he's in the cars. <laughs> they play on that so fucking much. There's a there's a running bit in one of the later episodes. I've been looking for pussy everywhere. <laughs> oh, just it's an underrated comedy. People took it super seriously, but man, it's funnier as shit. Like uh, you got to laugh because there's like it's just it's absurd. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's uh, <laughs> I, I think on Cometown, you know, the 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 voice of a generation they kind of talk about the Sopranos quite a bit on off over the run of that podcast. And one right. of the things they kind of talk about at one point is just like, it's funny because it's these guys that they're, they're out of time. Yeah. They think they're of a world that no longer exists and they are struggling to be a part of the world that they're now in. And that's where a lot of the humor comes from. Cause there's, isn't there like an episode where they try to like shake down a Starbucks for like protection money. And oh like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And they're, and they're basically come around to the end of, the, of it and being like, Shit's changed. You know, they, they walk out of the Starbucks empty handed. Like, what the fuck is going on here? And yeah, it's it's exactly that. And I think the other thing that really gets me is that a lot of these characters, they come off as like they're streetwise, right? And they got this like, they know shit, but they're complete fucking morons. Like, yeah. they, they, uh, there's a character that comes up later, Bobby Bacala, and he fucking, he has a line. And he, they're sitting in a diner. I can't even remember what the context is, but he says, uh, you know, Quasimodo predicted all this. <laughs> and Tony turns to him and goes, Nostradamus, you fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they all think they know shit, but it's just, they, they don't. They just, it, yeah. and the, the malpropisms just spew out of them, like, 
Christopher especially, especially when he's high, will say some shit and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about, my dude? <laughs> the great cameos. I, I got to give it to him for the cameos. There's some. I mean, Lorraine Bracco being in this is great because, of course, you remember Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got so many people coming in from the kind of Scorsese universe into this. Um, of course, a number of, of cast members were in Scorsese stuff. Michael Imperioli, who plays Christopher, was Spider in, mm-hmm. in Goodfellas. So, I mean, like, all these characters... Paul, the guy who plays Paulie and Walnuts is, has a real brief cameo in Goodfellas. That's right. That's right. Um, God, I mean, any number of these people. And then there's a running bit where they're they're stealing DVD players yeah. so that Tony can watch The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> But the DVD he got of The Godfather is some bootleg, so it doesn't work. And he gets pissed at the DVD player. <laughs> like, <laughs> the fuck? Amazing. It's it's a really... Yeah, because yeah, in the second episode, there's the first like DVD player heist. Okay, that's and, that's the one. Okay, And yeah. uh, it just cracked me up because like, they're talking about, like, yeah, it's, the pitch is about as good as a laser disc. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, God, people still were doing laser discs. Yeah. Yeah, this was the late 90s, early 2000s. LaserDisc was still fondly remembered along with Betamask. Some people, you know, still thought of it as the superior way to watch I a had, movie. I had a teacher in high school. It was a media class, and he brought in a Betamax player, and he played Psycho. And okay. it was actually kind of amazing how much better the image quality was on a CRT even mm-hmm. compared to a VHS. Well, it's because it was built for that. Like, it was specifically made to kind of work with the, the flaws in CRTs and stuff. It's like nowadays, if something has not come out on Blu-ray, I'm just like, well, I'm just going to wait then. Because yeah. someone's going to get to it eventually. Give it enough time. Yeah. It takes a while. It took a long time for Slither on, on Blu-ray. It took uh, a while, even though James Gunn, you know, kind of a household name. Now he's running DC. Uh, you know, all those Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And I kind of thought... Apparently, on my ex-girlfriend to Tivoli when he was still married from, to Pam from The Office. Mm, okay, maybe not as uh, good a guy as I thought. Yeah, she, but... was, uh, she was, yeah, underage, and she was there with her father. <laughs> Ooh. i dial a little bit of that praise back then. Yeah, but, that's, uh... that's always been like the... Uh... The, the asterisk on a lot of the James Gunn <laughs> praise is I like think back to being told that story uh, before I even knew who James Gunn before he was big yeah it was basically just like you know the guy that's married to Pam from the office right yeah or was married and I'm like ooh at the at the International Film Festival the hey, yeah. mm. it's creepy <laughs> yeah Slither's so alright if you like movies mm. written by a pedophile <sighs> allegedly allegedly um, Minecraft and <laughs> I did a bit of a, a trial run on a few shows myself this week. I, uh, I, I we finished Righteous Gemstones, pretty much the perfect ending. Yeah. Couldn't ask for a better one. And then we're like, okay, what's next? Well, we're watching Veronica Mars with the kids, and so it's like, well, that's like the family show. So we got to move and find a different show. And so I kind of dialed for dollars a little bit, and and you know, like, okay, Good Omens season two. Yeah. Didn't make it past the first episode. I really haven't settled on anything, but so I have been rewatching Upright Citizens Brigade because I was looking for that <laughs> for that one joke for the for the name for the name of Wolfman Jack. For some reason, I kept thinking it was Howlin' Wolf, but Howlin' Wolf is a whole different guy. Oh yeah. But in searching for that, it really made me remember how what a great sketch comedy show that was. You know, sketch comedy shows are it feels like they're rarer. 
I can name maybe two good ones in the past five years. And of course, I think you should leave and uh, a black girl sketch comedy. Like those are the sure. last two that have really at least made an impact on me. I'm sure there's more. I remember birthday boys came out and it kind of wise kids, you know, why does kids, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Human giant, human giant. Absolutely. But there feels like there was a gap. I'm sure the new shit came out. New Kids in the Hall. But again, that's something that existed before. Uh, but they were still brilliant sketches. But, you know, like, I can't stand Saturday Night Live. I I haven't really felt that way in a long time. Like that, I can't think of the last time I really, like, willingly watched Saturday Night Live. And I'll be told by, like, my brother-in-law, oh, you got to see this, the funniest thing. He'll put it on. And he's laughing his ass off. And I'm like, what's the joke? I think probably outside of a few random, like, Andy Samberg things. I think probably like the last SNL skit that really made me laugh was like Robo Chomo. I don't even see. I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It's a meeting of it's a meeting of like evil scientists. Okay, and they're like talking about like I've got a death ray and I'm going I'm going to melt all I'm going to evaporate all the water on Earth. And Dwayne the Rock Johnson comes up and he's I've I've got this uh this robot here. It's the uh, the Robo Chomo. <laughs> and it's a, it's a robot that molests children. And, Jesus! And, <laughs> and, all of, and all of the other evil scientists are just like, dude. Like, <laughs> you went too far, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. The Rock with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so the punchline is White Castle will serve anybody. All right. Well. <laughs> yeah, they... All right, it, it ends a little weak, but yeah. the whole, well, uh, you uh, take a normal robot and you molest it and hope it uh, repeats the cycle. Oh boy, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I think that's probably like the most recent SNL skit that's gotten a chuckle out of me. Okay, and that's probably like at least ten years old. Yeah, yeah. I, I, seeing The Rock with hair was a was a trip. Let's yeah. say that blonde hair. Well, uh, I think it's about time. Uh, oh, I got, yeah, I got one more. Go ahead. The probably first and only real piece of DLC for the Resident Evil 4 remake. Oh, okay. Separate, their uh, remake of the Separate, Separate Ways, Ways DLC. Yeah, okay. Came out a couple weeks ago. I, I snagged that, and I've had a lot of fun with it. I think I actually like it more than the main campaign, because it's kind of like a, a greatest hits of all the things that the main game does right. And you also get to see some things in a different context. Uh, and the gameplay just feels a lot tired. The boss fights are snappier. Some of them aren't as fun as the main game, but like they, they're quicker. Like you're like, yeah, this wasn't great, but like it only took me three tries. And here we are again. So separate ways, remind me, that was actually so, a campaign back in the day, right? It's kind of right. a remake. So it okay. was so separate ways was a kind of expansion of the original game that was added in the ps2 version and you play as ada wong who is kind of like this femme fatale spy yeah she showed up in three if i remember yeah two oh, she okay. started out in two she's mentioned in the file in the original resident evil game but in resident evil 4 when you're playing the main game as leon she appears in a couple different spots and has kind of always got the MacGuffin or has the right bit of information that you need Okay. And the Separate Ways DLC in both the original Resident Evil 4 and the remake is you're playing as Aya between those moments. Okay. So, like, in the very beginning of the game as Leon, 
and you're fighting the villagers in that first little section, and they all leave when the bell rings. Well, Ada is the one you find out is the one that rings that bell. Okay. And so on. Yeah, the original version of Separate Ways had some high points. It felt really tacked on in some respects. There's some areas that feel just real sloggy. Yeah. Really padded out. Like they just didn't really know what to do. There's also a section where on the island mm-hmm. where you fight like a, a battleship. <laughs> okay. That's like the evil parasite battleship. It's it's okay. It it really, really slows down the game for something that could have been really cool. Um, but in the remake version, that's gone. And everything else, again, just feels real snappy. It's a real... I beat it in five, six hours, and it just feels snappy. It's just like, bam, here we go, here we go, here we go. There's no filler, really. Everything's just all fucking steak and sizzle. Okay. Um, and by the time it was over, I was like, oh, shit. That was that was good. That was really good. Doesn't overstay its welcome. That's good. Right. That's good. Because that, that's, I think, a problem I've always had with Resident Evil games is that you get to a certain point, and it's... It's no longer fun. It's kind of become a slog, but you got to see it through. That's how I felt, at least, about the latter half of of three, especially. I have not done the remake of three, but the remake of three is rough. I think people say that the original Resident Evil three is probably the weakest PlayStation Resident Evil, and maybe they're right. But I think it had a real interesting character to it. No, no question. Yeah, Uh, and almost all of that is not in the remake, which Mm. is a bummer. Because I think... Yeah, it seems like of the things you want to keep. <laughs> yeah, everything, like the, the city is barely... You feel like the city's barely a part of it. They just took out a lot of the the storytelling, the environmental storytelling, like the, the world building that, that was in Resident Evil 3 as its own thing. And they just, like... I don't really know what they were doing in Resident Evil 3. It feels like a cash grab, which is the worst part. Yeah. Um, whereas Resident Evil 2 is like, wow, it, this is like a perfect, almost perfect remake of and reinterpretation of the original game. And it feels like they just took everything that was great about the original Resident Evil 2 and just made it better. Yeah, I definitely felt that in, in the remake, especially that, that, boy, there was a lot of fat trimmed and, and just it really got to the good stuff pretty quickly. So yeah, the Resident Evil Four remake. I, I I tried going through it a second time. It's okay. Like it's fine. Like that's not something you want to hear when you talk about a classic game like that. Like yeah, it's fine. Well, I like which is weird because I replayed the original Resident Evil Four on on Xbox last summer. Yeah, and I was like, ah, oh, this is great, and didn't really feel sluggish, even though I don't like the island part. Now the island part in the remake is almost just as bad. So, yeah, they didn't really do much improvement. The enemies are a little too bullet spongy. It feels like they ran out of some ideas. Because mm-hmm. so much of Resident Evil 4, like, you you learn what's going on in the area that you're exploring. You learn about people. You know, There's environmental stuff, environmental stories, and you see notes and all that. And there really isn't that much in the island. So it's just like, okay, so Sadler also had, like, a like military that had like thousands of of people in it that was ready to go like okay it seems like a problem yeah it seems seems worrisome <laughs> but the separate ways dlc i really liked 
Um, had a lot of fun with it. People seem to not like the voice performance of the woman that's currently doing Ada Wong in these remakes, but I really like her performance. I think it's it's understated and maybe like she's uh, a little over it, oh, which I, mean, I think yeah. is kind of fun. Yeah, it feels right for the character. Yeah, that she's kind of maybe a step ahead of the situations that she's always in. And so maybe she's a little bored and she's just in it for, I don't know, because it's easy. I mean, why the fuck does anyone do anything? Well, yeah. <laughs> so this is about time of the show where we tell everyone where to find us online. Brian, would you like to start us off today? You can send me death threats on Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, and Blue Sky at ishotgidibor. That's I-S-H-O-T-G-U-I-D-B-O-R-D. If you want to check out my music photography, my portfolio is assholemusicphotographer.com. Mm-hmm. You want to check out with some uh, some of them foes with the words, you go to amusicphotographer.com. That's A is an apple. I got my Mr. Wives foes up there. Yes. Uh, did you get to check those out, Jason? I have not yet, no. Oh, you're missing out. Uh, that, okay. was, that was a fun little show. I was so tired that uh, I was actually toasting off during their set. After, <laughs> oh, no. Which is like, wow, this is really great. Uh, uh, really, yeah. Um, yeah. Last week was rough. Great show. Great lights. Bishop Briggs was also the co-headliner on that tour, and she was great. I don't know. Pop indie music's not really my thing, but sometimes you can see a live performance. You're like, yeah, this is neat. I see why people like it. Yeah. And if you want to check out pretty much the only website, as far as I'm concerned, is actually doing like local like music media right now theartsstl.com i got some stuff coming on in the next month or so i did uh, read the sheer mag preview wonderfully written thank, thank you. you yeah i, I really I really felt like a, a guy like a guy who was uh seeing his tongue on the on the, the contacts of a nine volt battery <laughs> i don't know i think it works especially when you're talking about sheer mag man mm. fucking uh that first record is a real all-timer yeah, I got a uh, photo pass for Sexy Red. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, I told I have one coworker I can talk about like music with, and I was telling him about that. And he just looked at me and he goes, Really, dude? <laughs> like, he's like, That that music ain't that great. And I'm like, I ain't really about the music. It's really just the attitude that, yeah. the, that yeah. this chick from North County is just out there being really mm-hmm. fucking, fucking North County as fuck about shit. Yeah. I love like, that. That's really just like, I went to high school with a, like, probably two dozen girls like that and they all were pretty much awesome yeah so like it's just cool seeing that representation in the world and then of course sexy has go on a podcast and say some weird shit about trump about how like he was getting us some checks and i'm like oh man uh, uh, yeah. yeah but you know uh gotta fucking represent someone from north county it's really hard to fucking get out of that cesspool so i'm stoked for that i'm yeah i think that's gonna be fun Amel the Sniffers is another one I'm going mm-hmm. for. Ash Nico. I might get. I don't know. That show's sold out, but we'll see. Where can they send you death threats? Oh, boy. No Pearl video. <clears throat> yeah, send, send me whatever gross shit you want. That's uh, Twitter, Blue Sky, all the other places that you can think of where there would be a video crime. That's going to be video crime. B-I-D-E-O-C-R-I-M-E. With the exception, of course, of Instagram and TikTok. That is Laser Goose CEO. I just started a newsletter. You can sign up for that. It's golfwolfmagazine.substack.com. I did a nice piece about KDHX. You can uh, give us a call, 314-246-9766. That is Ahoy Poo. You can shoot us an email, jason at 48minutesdogsbarking.com or brian with a y at 48minutesdogsbarking.com. 
Twitter and Blue Sky. The show itself is at 4-8-minutes-of-dogs, and you can support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash 4-8-minutes-of-dogs. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And as we always say at this time, namaste and good luck. Bye-bye. Bye.